You're listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by RICO, your local guide for all things real estate investing in Colorado. What is up, Denver? Chris Lopez here. And today's podcast, we're going to talk about trends and deals in the commercial real estate market. Now, with the world shifting, the market shifting, rates doing what they're doing, inflation coming down, talking about what's currently going on and talking about deals is what I find most interesting. I think most of our listeners do as well. So today, we're very lucky to have Adam Aloise in the studio today. Adam is a commercial estate professional. He's a local investor, development work, and his profession is a commercial lender with about 15 years experience. So we're going to hear about Adam's background. I've got a huge list of questions about the commercial market as to what's going to happen. We flung off a cliff. We're going to see a wave of uh, distressed sales from arms resetting. So lots of fun stuff to talk about. Good morning, Adam. I'm excited. Good morning to you. How's it going? Very good. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited about this. We've chatted a few times and always go on like, hey, pause, pause, let's save this for the podcast. <laughs> so I got a uh, a lot of topics here for you, but let's just kind of give some quick background on who you are and exactly what you do for context here in the podcast. So you're in the commercial real estate space, rewind a little bit. How'd you get into it and what do you do currently? Okay. Um, I'm trying to think how far to go back, right? Um, I got into commercial banking, real estate more than anything else, just because I thought it was going to be great and cool to wear a suit and have a briefcase uh, for whatever reason that like resonated with me. So out of college, I got a, a management trainee position at a, a large top five bank, learned underwriting. They were a lot bigger than, than what was comfortable to me, but uh, I got a great training. I don't even know if they offer that anymore. And then tried to find something a little bit more that like fit my personality. So something a little bit smaller um, here in town with a, a bank that actually is no longer around. They've been acquired a couple different times, but I was hired into the commercial real estate underwriting team. Mm -hmm. um, so outside of that, I mean, that that's the only real reason that I started focusing on commercial real estate was because I was looking for a job after working for a huge conglomerate company and they hired me. Yeah. Right. And so I did a lot of the underwriting work. So stuff between like a million and $50 million, every property type, whether it be, you know, retail, multi And were these Colorado assets? They were Colorado assets and, and regional. Okay. Right. So, I mean, but the way that you start is like, you'll do, you know, some reviews for some stuff in town and then you'll do some renewals and then some originations. And then, you know, depending on how good you get or how much experience you have, then they'll, you know, let you kind of go a little bit there. And so, uh, worked as an underwriter, commercial real estate underwriter for a few years, leveraged that into origination. So, you know, calling people like you and your team, like, Hey, uh, would you like, you know, love to put some debt financing together yeah. for you. Did that for seven to 10 years, kind of had a, a stint after like five or six years, but that's a com completely different conversation because that just talks about, you know, having, having different relationships, right. And mm -hmm. how that kind of just morphs into weird things. So I originated debt for 10 years after the underwriting. It was a great, great gig, right? You get golden handcuffs to some extent where, you know, you make just enough to, to have a great living kids in private school, stay at home wife, like the whole thing. And then started through that journey, probably the last three or four years in the corporate environment where did some smaller scale development work, right? So 
I'm sure you've seen it all over town, right? But you buy two or three different lots, knock them down, go oh, vertical, yeah. vertical. Standard infill development, right? Standard, yeah. right? And just kind of stamping that. And I found more fulfillment and creativity with that. You know, um, I had a lot of different friends that had been, you know, just making a killing, like doing really well for themselves. And I like to believe like I had some sort of input, right, to their success. And so, but it's different when, you know, you kind of squirrel away your pennies and then you put it on the line. And But it was so much more fun than kind of just the corporate thing. You know what I mean? And so prior to starting Pine and Peak, I mean, I had kind of been going through even just this change in what I wanted to be and who I actually was. Because, and I don't know if you've had this experience, but mine had been, if you earn a certain amount of financial resources or you hit a big house, you have nice cars, your kids are in private school, like with that comes some sort of like fulfillment um, or happiness. Nobody told me that. That was not the case for me. And so once you get those things that you think are going to give you that happiness that don't come through, you're like, whoa. Now, I don't know exactly what you mean. It's just uh, you reach the end of the video game level. Right. Now you, need, now you need the next level, the video game to go out there and do the next, uh, beat the next villain. And, yeah. So you've had, uh, you started Pot and Peak how many years ago? Three. Three years ago. Okay. So yeah. that is, that's your commercial lending operation. Yep. And I know you've got on your own on there. I want to really pivot and talk about deals and trends because, sure. like I said, I, I am brimming with questions um, to kind of learn about this. So just kind of give us, you know, we're recording this uh, towards the end of January for context. We're, what, two weeks away from next, uh, I think, Federal meeting and whatever the, the rate hikes will come. Yep. Just give us a, a quick synopsis right now as to what you're seeing on trend-wise in the commercial real estate market you know, from what you find most interesting, you know, that perspective, what's going on in the market, just the current state of the market from your perspective as a commercial yeah. expert. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think it's come a couple different ways, but from the debt perspective and then also from like a transactional buy sell perspective, probably starting halfway, not even halfway, three quarters of the way through um, 2022, things, ought to, I mean, came to a, a a stop. When did right? you when did you feel it? Like what was a the approximate when time? When did I for... feel it? So I looked back at some deals that we had provided the debt placement with and we were probably at the high fours and then you look in October and we're talking about like seven, you yeah. know, talking to different lenders. And so we were finishing up some deals that we had locked in, which were nice. I mean, because we have various lenders that will that will rate lock oh, uh, yeah. without a charge, which is nice, but I mean, the 300 basis, 350 basis points like spread on pricing completely shut down the transactional side if you didn't have stuff in the pipeline. Um, and so you were constantly calling, you know, people, what are you working on? What kind of things you got going on? And they were like, I can't make these deals pencil anymore, right? I mean, I don't know what's going on with the market, that volatility and, you know, the Fed continues to meet and then it's, you know, 50, 75 basis points, the whole market continues to go up and it was by design, but from real estate perspective, I mean, you have to hit specific hurdles like, you know, return characteristics for an investment or group, number one, or I mean, yourself. So the transactional side and all asset types, specifically multifamily really, really slowed like a ton. And like you know summertime, because I, mean? I remember like asked, I remember it was like the second week of May or third week of May of this last year now, yeah. like, you know, on the, on the Envision uh, Advisors residential side, I was just like, all of a sudden, like in the market, just the showings, the activity was like that second week or third week of May was like, boom, whoa, we just hit the right. what happened? Hit a brick wall. Right. Yeah. Like right. it was very interesting. So, uh, yeah, probably about, you may be right, halfway through the year, um, 
right. I was but just, not even until yeah. like the third quarter, we didn't see. I mean, well, we were still pipeline, doing some right? deals with like the yeah. pipeline, right? And, you know, we were at like four, four and a half. You get to like five and a half. You can still make deals work. Right. But, you know, every time that the Fed met, so it pulled back. Okay. So with this, like how, what's kind of like the forecast you expect this year, you know, 2023, 2024, whatever it takes to shake out in terms yeah. of just like journal, like uh, activity in the commercial space. And I've talked to a couple people recently that were very bearish, you know, kind of uh, calling a 20, 20% price decline from probably the peaks about, you know, what early last sure. year, or um, I'm kind of curious what your thoughts going forward, how that looks out, because you, you're right. Deals are not pencing like they used to. Right. Uh, cheap money is over. And now when cheap money is over, uh, investment fundamentals become a lot more important. And it takes more of the art for operators and investors sure. to put deals together. So what are you thinking for this year? Kind of like, what's your, what's your crystal ball over there telling you? Well, okay. So, but number one, as far as saying like cheap debt, I mean, if we're talking about cheap debt, like five to 6%, I would still say it's pretty cheap, right? It's not free money. It's not three and a quarter, three and a half type of stuff, but all things considered, it's cheap money. The cap rates is what, you know, sellers and buyers aren't on the same page, but from the debt market perspective, when, you know, what are we going to see, right? So I, uh, depending on the smart person, the economist that you talk to, end of January, beginning of March, are they going to be an increase in the overnight? Yes. 50 basis points, 25 basis points. I think 25. I think we were talking, maybe you're thinking like 50 or somebody told you 50. Then we will probably have a pause, probably for the most My part of the 50, year. Just for, right? just for public record. Okay, there we go. Well, I'm going to put, you, you, know, put yeah. you out there like that. You know what I'm saying? So a pause and then a potential you know, rate starting to drop a little bit more at the end of the year. The, the thing about it is if you're talking about the overnight rate and how it's going to affect like the debt market, like the treasuries or the uh, FHLB, it should be built into the yield curve, right? So you really shouldn't see like a ton of increase in rates that way. Well, let me, let me, let me, I want to ask you from a different perspective because you, so, you know, obviously like, you know, uh, rates have a Im- huge impact on debt service coverage ratio, mm-hmm. which impacts loan amounts, LTVs. So since rates go up and since, you know, commercial real estate is definitely much more investment driven, sure. are we going to see a massive price decline or asset value between like making adjustable for rates? Because, you know, NOI is not getting huge faster. Right. Rent increases have right. slowed down dramatically across right. all asset classes, or at least most of them that I know of. Um, and so we're going to see cap rates go up and prices go down. Like, Yeah. So, I mean, it's, what do you consider massive? I would say 20% would be massive in my book. So I think like, 20% is massive. Yeah, so think. from like whatever the peak, I'm assuming last year is going to be like kind of the peak of the price sure. yeah. and will kind of probably go down, be flat for a bit. Yeah. I would say 20% would be massive. 25, 20% is massive for sure. I mean, I think- And I'm see, not expecting that, I'm just curious. No, right. Like, I, I'm like maybe five in the worst case scenario, 10%. You know what I mean? As a kind general of correction, as a general like, statement, probably across, across commercial across, asset classes. Right, commercial and multifamily. Okay. Right, I mean, there, there's obviously going to be the rents that you're getting, I mean, people are still trying to figure that out. There's there's still so many things that are going on, right? Are we going to be able to get like the underwriting? Like, can you get the the rents um, push like you thought you were supposed to on some value add, you know, type of stuff? Yeah. Uh, 10%, I think, is going to be the max what we would see as a kind of a correction. Anything- uh Nationwide, Denver, Colorado. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I take would say that broad more, Yeah, and... like so, Colorado is gonna be more insulated, right? For various reasons. Uh, I think we're we're probably more like five percent. But I mean, if you go to you know Nebraska, maybe. I mean, that's that's ten percent. I mean, they're just completely different markets. Yeah, that's right? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, like I'm very Arizona, curious about here. Ar- oh yeah, Colorado, we're more insulated. So I think the max we get is you know 
What's the qu- what's the summer and why we're insulated? I mean, is that just simple? Like just the Wait, population. Say, say that again. Why, why is Colorado more insulated? Is that just inventory? So there's still. I mean, Colorado is a very desirable place to live, right? I don't. I think like even COVID with things like that, people are still there's still a lot of in migration. Yeah. Right. If you talk to different builders, they're they're backlogs are full. If you look around, you see cranes all over the place, right? There's still, we're still, I mean, how... Oh, the cranes all over the place. I saw cranes all over the Miami uh, skyline 15 years ago. Yeah, but that's ago. more like, that. but that's boomer bust, right? Yeah, I mean, but I'm saying this, so yeah, just to clarify here. Sure. sure. Um, but there's actual like job creation coming here. Like for yeah. whatever reason, become more of like a tech, you know, hub or like a logistics company. So there's real job creation here. You know what I mean? And we're putting up new developments all the time. So we're able to absorb. And so it's coming down to the most population growth, drop growth is still going to be the ultimate like. I would say yes. Okay. And we also, I think we have a huge backlog in, in it, inventory, right? Right. Yeah. So I'm um, those team with all things is going to slow a little bit. Everybody's have a little pause probably, but I mean, it's not going to be. What about office buildings? I think office building, st- I think that the market is still trying to figure out office buildings as a whole. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, this it, it's difficult though, because it's like this hybrid thing, right? I mean, it seems like a good idea. You kind of can cut some costs and maybe save some money there, but you're also like trading culture, right? I mean, as we're in here right now, you couldn't be doing the same thing probably as well, like in your basement by yourself with, you know, your whole team here separate. I, mean, no, I think there's, there's a lot. my to dogs say. and kids uh, running around too? Of course. <laughs> the <laughs> more the merrier. The That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I agree with you there. So I'm, I mean, so I feel like commercial would be the, maybe take the biggest punch. Like I should say office space. I mean, office, office space. space. Yeah. And I mean, we talk to lenders all the time, at least like 40 a week. And it's always, Hey, what's your credit appetite? What kind of, what do you guys have for pricing? What's kind of some terms, some different structure. And the, the, it doesn't matter who it is. There's a handful that will do some office that is super low leverage, but a lot of them are like, we we really don't have an appetite for for office. When you say low leverage, uh, quantify that, please. So, I mean, from a, a commercial real estate professional um, perspective, I mean, just you know, basic math, you're you're going to want to leverage things up as high as you can, oh, yeah. just because the return characteristic is more. So, lower leverage, probably sixty percent would probably be a max. Six grand mm-hmm. loan to value on your office property okay. um, to really get a good look and really get some good terms. Um, there's some other I'm trying to think of the best way. No, there's alternative that, financing that will do more. But I mean, from a from a credit union, from a bank, you're talking about like life insurance company, right? Would, exactly. yeah. yeah, I mean, we're talking like sixty percent probably yeah. feels feels good. You can't get them to pencil. Anyway. What are you seeing in terms of like just like basic leverage characteristics for for multifamily? So multifamily at its best when things were three and a quarter was 80%, yep. right? I think 65% is where we live now. I mean, depending on where you find it and it can, it's going to be hard to identify, right? And that's still 65% basically. just makes sense because you've got to back it into the debt service coverage. Okay. Right? So right? comes down that's like that, size. like one, two, one, three DSCR. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that will help you size it. Right. Yeah. And you're asking like now, if you have a value add, you know, property will, will the lender lend on pro forma? So rather than seeing like uh, a huge price decline, um, you're you're thinking that we'll see uh, more of a modest price decline. Mm-hmm. But it'll be more about rather than prices dropping, the next wave of buyers just bringing more money to the table to close, right? Yep, that's right. Okay, so not a huge drop off or probably a huge swing in cap rates. No, not a huge swing. It's just it's now it's people getting used to like the new return characteristic, right? I mean, we're making a lot of money for a long time. Mm-hmm. Right. And those are great times. Now it's, you know, 
it's going to shrink a little bit, right? And you have to be okay with that because that's the market that we're in. So if yeah. you're waiting for this, you know, 40% IRR. How would you like, characterize the change in, in return? Like you, you just mentioned, I didn't hear what you said. What, what IRR were you mentioning? Kind of just I was, I was using like an extreme example, okay. but I mean, you know, typically, and I ask people all the time, I mean, what is what is your, you know, return scenario? Like what yeah. do you need to invest a dollar into a deal? And so, you know, starting from five years ago, it was like nothing less than 20. And it was like about 20. I was like, oh, we're getting down to like an 18 IRR. And now it was like, kind of like teens. People are happy with like the like teens. Like mid low teens? Mid, mid to mid to low teens, I think makes a lot it makes a lot of sense. And this is where we we are. I mean, I haven't seen a hand, a lot of deals that have a return that's that's a lot higher than that. I mean, there's always going to be a diamond in the rough and you invest in those people, but I, mean, I, I agree. I yeah, that means yeah. This is kind of kind of where where we are, which okay. is good, right? And so with uh, those returns, uh, people are going as they're forecasting just, you know, because we used to have very, um, you know, lofty pro forma rent increases. Yeah. I'm assuming people's pro forma underwriting has has come down. So I'm like, if people are buying a deal, kind of what's the general underwriting for rent increases now? Is it uh, 0%, 2% or is like... I, depends you on, as a, it depends on who you're, who you're talking to, right? I mean, yeah. we've got some people that are trying to get deals done that, I mean, so... I'm, I'm not talking to think about the like best way. So, I mean, there's I'm still just... people that are saying, you know, for multifamily specifically, annual 10% rent increases, right? And there's some people that can make some argument for that. I don't necessarily like just market that. or like value oh, just market. Right? Oh, okay. Market. I mean, because of what's the appreciation over the past 10 years, what's it been? You know, year over year for, I think it's been like between it's, 10%, it's right? It's been right around 10%. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, they're still saying, okay, we'll have a uh, expense escalator of three percent four percent five percent and then uh a bump in rents at like ten percent i i think that's aggressive yeah right i think that's massively aggressive but the thing about pro forma is, is you can manipulate the numbers anywhere you want to get the deal done yeah so but can you actually execute? when you go talk to banks and say i got this deal and put this together like what are and i know all banks are different like are they're coming back with like hey and now our underwriting is more like hey we're forecasting a two percent three percent like what are the people that give us money saying of forecasting um, because I don't believe. I mean, in 10%. you just go like, yeah, yeah. I mean, think you just go like rule of thumb. Through, I think you go three percent escalate annual income escalators, two and three percent inflation. I mean, what are we at eight right now? So I mean, it's. I would just say people need to stay disciplined. I mean, there's going to be deals here in the short term if you can kind of hold back a little bit and 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 not jump the gun. There, there's going to be plenty of deals to be done. But so what? So let's talk about doing deals here because I want to talk about uh, some recent transactions you've done on the lending side. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and one of the things I'm, I'm, I'm curious about, and there's been lots of, uh, you know, just chatter about is, you know, commercial loans are usually what a, a two to seven year arm, um, a little longer, a little bit lower, but two to seven years as these sure. arms start, you know, coming due, interest rates going from, you know, three and a half to now six, 7%. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's not uncommon now, or it's not unlike, some investors have to bring additional cash to the table to right. close a loan. Mm-hmm. Is that going to cause a wave of distressed sales? That'd be the equivalent to like, you know, distressed sales and commercial. For sure. Yeah. No, I mean, there's going to be, there is going to be a lot of that, right? I mean, for the uh, non-sophisticated, and I shouldn't, I mean, that's not necessarily the word non-sophisticated, but, you know, people are trying to get in the market all the time. In the past three or four or five years, it was a great time to get in, right? I mean, you can lever this thing all the way up. It's three and a quarter. Nobody knew that interest rates were going to, you know, explode the way that they have been, right? And so, from an, lenders of all kind, outside of you know, kind of life insurance or some CMBS stuff, you you have to there's there's annual covenants, 
Like you have a one to five debt service coverage ratio, like you have to hit, right? If, if not, then, you know, they're being, lenders are being audited all the time and regulators are coming in. And so, you know, you come in there, your deal is at a one, two, five, you know, at three and a quarter right now it's at 7%. They're going to ask you, you know, to cash in refinance. It's like, they'd say, Hey, Chris, you need to Could you give me like an example of maybe a deal you've seen or, Hey, I was at, you know, one, two, five, three years ago, I'm going to reset this year. At you know, kind of current numbers and current rates, is that showing like a like a one point four, a one point eight uh, coverage ratio to seven percent? Kind of, I'm a little wait, wait, reality so, check. Wait, so, so say that again. So well, I'm just sure saying, just kind of, I actually want to quantify just an example you're saying here. So if sure. I was a you know a one point two five debt coverage ratio three years ago, mm-hmm. my loan term is coming up due this year, right? Um, kind of just with what you've seen. And now at seven percent, with numbers where they've been the last three or four years, am I still at a one two five? Now I'm at one five, one six. So just like a broad stroke, right? So if you were saying we we were coming in, we'll use like a value add property as like an example, right? Like I bought it at X. I'm going to put twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollars in the door. It's going to help me push up the rents to X. NOI is going to increase, and your you're lending on the pro forma, right? Of what it's going to be in the past. And so, you know, you can get that number. Usually I would see between like one, three, five and 1.4 times um, what you had bought it at. Okay. Right. And and then, you know, you're, you're hoping for those annual increases as well, right? Which you're typically getting in some of the market when the markets here in Colorado for certain. Um, but when your debt <laughs> payments double, it's it's hard for you to get market appreciation and cash flow appreciation to to escape that. Oh yeah, right. And so you you were performing at one three five, one four when you had, you know, when you're you're, you're the current like environment after you've added the value. Now it's going to get you down to like a one one times right. You you are you are covering covering your debt payments with no money out. There's mm. no cash on cash at all, right? And so yep. lenders say, well, you still need to get up to that one two five. So yep. we got to pay that loan down. We'll yep. do like a cash in refinance. I don't know if they'll give any more amortization depending on who you are, right? But that's that's where the pain begins because they're going to give you know. Yeah, no, thank you for going because I I misspoke. I gave a higher amount to give a I lower. Know what you meant. Okay, yeah, no, it's I, like DTI. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's dropping, which means you have to bring. So you're seeing a lot of times, hey, it's going from like a one two five to like a one one to one. Right. Wow. Okay. Right. And this is typically what it's going to be, and then. So it's like I said, pay it down. You got to pay two hundred fifty grand down and get you within that that little window at one two five. If not, the lender will be nice enough to give you sixty days to figure it out before right? they start the foreclosure process. Oh no, no. Well, see, this is what you need to understand too. At least it's been in my ex- experience with lenders. Nobody wants to foreclose. Yeah, like that is the absolute last thing they want to do. And they're probably still hungover from two thousand eight. For sure, right? but like... they'll they'll just make your life hell until you can move it. Right. Nobody wants those co- debt collectors. Nobody wants those calls. So it's going to be find a new relationship, find a lender that's going one-to-one. Good luck with that. Two, what it's going to be is going to sell the, got to sell the asset, right? And so there'll be a lot of stuff. The transaction will start picking up a little bit when, when some of that is brought back out. What, what percent, and I know this is a very hard question, but I just, I want to give some, like, try to quantify it some. So like, you know, what percent of the overall market, you know, 100% out there, um, is going to be affected by the debt resetting at a higher rate and they're forced to sell because they have to bring cash. Is that 2%, 5%, 1% of the market? Do you have any way to kind of just do a broad like estimate? 
I can't even estimate. I have okay. no. I mean, I it's gonna know. be. It's gonna be like. Do you think it'll be massive? Like, oh my gosh, it's gonna be like. No, I mean, there's gonna be. I mean, not. We're making extreme examples. There's not not a lot of people, you know, levered all the way up, right? I mean, there's some people that have seen some markets, you know, and some cycles up and down, and so you know, they're like 65, 70, where you know, maybe the reset gets them to that one twenty five because they were clipping one point eight. It's just you know. The, the people that got a little little greedy, like just reached a little bit. You know what I mean? What What about do you think? And I, this is, uh, you know, I I doing a lot of work with bigger pockets and the multifamily mentors show. I've talked to a lot of like operators and syndicators out there, yeah. and I've talked to a lot that are you know very experienced and sophisticated. Yeah, and they're navigating the market. I also talked to a lot where they were like brand new young guns out there. You know, hey, yeah. drop out college to go raise money, and they're making a killing. And there's definitely, you know, a big experience difference in experience on there yeah. and also capital that they could bring to make a deal happen. Sure. Are a lot of syndicators going to get caught upside down and like a max leverage and experience in mm-hmm. that kind of scenario, do you think? Yep. No, call their investor base and need a capital call. Okay. And you think a lot will be able to do a capital call versus a forced sale? Depends how much you believe in the asset. Sometimes it's time to get out and sometimes it's like we just got to weather the storm. Okay. So, I mean... I mean, is there any vacancy, right? I mean, what asset class is if it's office? I don't know. If it's multifamily, it's like I think you know. I, I think multifamily. I mean, that's been well. I guess that's, that's been the yeah. Well, multi- yeah, that's been the very hot thing the last handful of years, at least in my in my space. Yeah, it's not going to be as bad as as I thought about six months ago. Okay, <clears throat> right. Um, so your sentiment has changed. I think my sentiment has changed, and I think the debt markets are thawing a little bit. So six months ago, you're like, where you're like, oh shit. Six months ago, I was like, oh, shit. We're going to see it 20%. Oh, no question. I was like, you know, things were pricing out and talking to various lenders, you know, four, four and a half percent. And then you go and, you know, down the road and you're like, I'm getting close to like seven and a half, eight percent. Like, that's absurd. And like, there was no stop. I mean, everybody reads the same things, right? We didn't know how long it was going to go before it got better. Kind of fourth quarter, everybody changed their tune a little bit. You know, inflation was coming down rather than 75 or 50 basis points, like bumps that they had, that they were talking about. <laughs> Said like 50, 25, right? It started to come down a little bit. Market started to settle just a little bit. So um, that team was talking to different, you know, real estate professionals, and different like transactional brokers. There's more things coming online, right? Are those deals getting done right now? Not all of them, but there's people that are, you know, dipping their toe back in the game. Okay, what what does this look like? What kind of debt can I get on this? What kind of return can I get on this? And so, so you've seen it pick up and I've seen it pick up, like yeah, exactly. Have have those deals closed yet? No, no, but that's the leading indicator, right? That's exactly. It's it's thawing a little bit, and I'm seeing what are the. uh, I mean, obviously, you work with a lot of brokers, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, commercial brokers. Mm -hmm. Are they kind of the same sentiment or seeing the same same interest early indicator interest pick up as well? They are a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, depending on it, it's very slow, right? A lot of people are keeping themselves busy doing some some um, lease work, but you know, some of the the larger, more sophisticated people, I'm you know, we're seeing deals starting to come in a little bit. So okay. it's uh, it's nice to see. So speaking of deals, and we got a few minutes left here because I could talk to you for hours on this topic here because it's deals and trends we're going to talk about. Yeah. So before we hit record on the podcast here, I asked you what was the most recent transaction deal you said or you that you did. Mm-hmm. And you said it was a 1031 exchange. Um, the down leg was a multifamily. Up leg was a retail center in Colorado Springs. Right. Can you kind of unpack the investor situation and just talk about the deal in general? Because, 
you know, 1031s have slowed down obviously uh, a lot, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm very unsophisticated in retail. Like retail is just very scary to me at the moment. Like, sure. Can I talk to me about the deal, what the investor's goals were, and also how it worked out just in reality with the market and debt? Right. So um, and I think we spoke about this a little bit more too. It's like, you know, once after you have been in multifamily for a little bit, like the next step is going to be retail, right? So we were working with uh, an investor that owns various assets here in town. Um, and he was selling out of of a multifamily. And he had sold like a couple different deals um, that had taken for whatever. He'd taken a little bit longer. But so he'd sold that. Obviously, you have the 180 days to identify and close. Looking for something, like you said, a little bit more stable, right? And hands That's, off, right? And, 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 and I mean, hands just off. more hands right? off, well, more right, passive. Exactly, right, yeah. exactly. And then, the, you know, the triple net retail space was great. His uh, brokerage um, team did a good, great job of identifying an asset that was just totally complete or that was, you know, done being built. There was still some TI work being done. Um, and so it was nice to actually have a lender that was okay with that because, you know, we we didn't have the tenants necessarily in in the spaces, were leases signed though? Leases were signed. So leases were signed. Leases were signed. Was TI out. was being okay. built out. But I mean, he had a time clock that we had to to close on. Right. How and close so, did you get to 180 days? <laughs> like 10. Okay. I, th- I mean, it was like, it was right up against it. And so it was Added like, a few you know, gray hairs there, huh? Uh, I lost more hair. <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, we've got it done. The lender was, was great. I mean, the, the borrower had some horsepower, which always makes things a lot easier to get done. But, you know, I, I would say everybody was working towards the same goal, which made it nice. And so from the 1031 getting in there, even the developer that had finished the product was giving a few different concessions and paying some, some rents there so we could all get our heads around it. What was the, uh, like, what was the, the cap rate he bought at and then general LTV just for like cap rate and just like lending terms. So we got, cause this sounds like a, it's a turnkey triple an asset in Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. Is that a, what? Six percentage cap rate. I want to say it was six and a, a six and a quarter cap. Okay. Um, when we bought it, that actually might be high. I think it was maybe closer to six, a six cap on that was where he was buying it. Um, but it, like I said, it was brand new, brand new asset leases yeah. were, you know, just signed, um, and, and some good leases too. Right. So, I mean, there was a little bit of corporate that was uh back stuff there as well. They so. probably saw the multifamily at a four and a half to six. Cap right. Yeah, too, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. So. And what was just general like loan terms, like LTV and interest rate? So we had locked in our rate before, um, before things really got, got nasty and, and, and good on the lender for, for, you know, Keeping that locked and not retrading. They honored the it. Deal. They honored. I've heard a lot of retrades. They honored it for, okay. and I would like to say that's more of me than it is them, but that's a different conversation for a different time. But so, I mean, they pricing probably increased 175 basis points, and they didn't. They they locked it in for the whole t- the whole wow. time. And so he got some pretty pretty amazing pricing, kind of closer maybe to where we are now as things kind of settle a little bit. Um, but they stayed on it, so it was you know 10, 10 year deal. Um, 25 year amortization, uh, limited recourse. So there was like a burn down to it. So, yeah. you know, once it gets to a certain um, debt service coverage ratio, then the personal recourse would it kind of, kind of pulls back, which is, which is nice. Um, what was the, the interest only component? Oh, uh, 60. Okay. 60. I'm so he had, a, he had a couple bucks to put down in there. Oh, yeah. So I mean, yeah, triple net deal, 60% leverage in the Springs. Great lender, great borrower. Fun to get it done. Yeah. Yeah. 
Awesome. Well, how can people get in touch with you in terms of like to pick your brand? And obviously, like, you know, you're you're in the trenches every day in the commercial debt space. Mm-hmm. Um, like, kind of let people know how they can get a hold of you and kind of what your general, like, you know, your the space you plan. Is it a certain range, certain asset class? Like, yeah. Wh- where's so- your superpower at? We from okay from deal side, I would just say like historic. Who we've probably lived between like one and twelve million dollars. Okay. Um, uh, every every kind of asset class, right? It would be multifamily or retailer, industrial, office, which is you know funny, but self storage. Um, so we do a lot of work there. Um, for kind of the small balance, mid smaller mid size uh, investor group. As far as like you know, kind of getting a hold of, I mean, LinkedIn, telephone, email. No. Yeah, we'll put your contact details down unless people can get a hold of you. So right. really just so uh, people doing commercial deals, about one to fifteen million dollars is kind of like the space that, that we're that in until yeah, in. because there's you know larger oh, shops yeah. that really you know, I mean get competitive for stuff larger than that. Not to say that we can't, but traditionally that's where our no, deal that's size perfect. Has been. That is what I you answer my question. Yeah. Adam, this has been fun. I could talk to you a lot more about <laughs> the the trends in commercial space. We'll have you back on the show. We've also chat about some webinars we might do together to Absolutely. go into more details. So yeah. appreciate you coming on here and look forward to doing more content and picking your brand on here. So Adam, yeah. thanks a lot, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Mm-hmm.